0: And three, two, one. This is Fintech Unplugged with Suresh Vajani and me, Robert Kornich. So we're back, Suresh. (laughs) But it's not just you and me now. On the last series, we talked about getting some other people involved, uh, like special guests, uh, and asking what all this fintech stuff actually means to the man on the street. Well... We now have a special correspondent out on the streets whilst we're live on air. Uh, He's ready to ask the man on the street.
1: It could be a woman.
0: Fintech questions. Let's see if our live satellite link is working. Jeff, hi Jeff, are you there? Yes, Robert, I'm here, and I have parked the Fintech Unplugged mobile recording studio, the Caravan of Confusion,
1: in an East London street, and I'll be on standby to speak to a carefully chosen
0: cross-section of people or uh, possibly just anybody who doesn't run away. Excellent, we'll come back to you later. So, let's welcome our first guest. It's TC of the EPA. No more, no less, the top cat himself, Mr. Tony Craddock.
1: What is EPA? Emerging Payments Association for everything emerging, including this incredible podcast, <laughs> which is totally emerging. It's great to be here, guys. I slipped Thank him you. a fiver for that. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me along. I, I feel, uh, feel honoured to be a part of such, a, uh, such an august company um, and such stimulating people he doesn't
2: realise what's in for him.
1: So I would like to you,
2: ask Tony what the Emerging Payments Association actually is all about.
0: Okay, let's, let's get a it, little it bit of background like, first.
2: It, it sounds like some sort of kind of castle that sits on the hill... Tony, actually, I don't know what Tony's title is, but from what I recall, it's kind of like the emperor and he kind of looks down on his (laughs)
0: subjects. bit like you, emperor's new clothing. Still (laughs) naked in the studio, (laughs) Suresh. Summer's here. I know, I know. Over to you, Tony. Thank you,
1: guys. Thank you. So the Emerging Payments Association, uh, it's a community. It's a movement it's a it's a series of events and activities for the most passionate progressive payments uh, professionals uh, in the world I, i'd say and uh, and we we are a um, a group we've been running about 10 years and in fact both of you've been in, in, involved for that time uh, yeah. uh, and have helped to shape it and it's uh, it's a place that um people come to and they they learn from each other they they learn how to get on and have a good time they learn uh, who they should be doing business with and then learn how to uh, speak with a common voice to influence people like the regulators and the uh, uh, potential big users and um, and each other to make sure that we can help payments to improve lives everywhere. So us. it's fair um, to say you live payments, right? Yeah, it's really extraordinary. I go to a dinner party or I go to a, um, uh, out for drinks and I say, people say to me, you know, what industry are you in? And, and I say, I say payments uh, and they say what what is payments and i think how, how can i possibly continue a conversation with them if they don't get involved and have this as their i'd own? have
0: thought that would be a service for him you know like what is payments <laughs> throw it up and serve it tony shang <laughs> <laughs> into a
2: double, yeah, double double fold does that mean that you should never ever say anything negative about payments it should be you know no. you, you you have to live and breathe by payments and you have another danger that you can't say anything to upset any of your members
1: oh i can i do
2: Okay, on that okay. note. That's that sounds like the right time to that, get into it. That's this. an opening, guys. I just want to say we've had full endorsement and approval on record that we can ask any any question.
1: Shall I tell you how this works, though? It's very, very simple. I was talking to somebody about this just the other day. They said, How do you not how do you avoid upsetting people? I said, Well we do upset people, but if you think about three things, you think about being pro customer, uh pro competition, and pro innovation, then actually no amount of what I say can be remotely upsetting to anybody who also believes in those three things. So it might be, for example, we have uh, some very big banks who are members of ours. We have Barclays and Lloyd's, for example, members of ours, um, and we have some very little banks. You know, little banks like uh, they're like um, uh, Metro's, uh, Metro and Starling, and 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 these are organisations that are that are new, and you know what, some of the payments ends up being competing with them. But well. If we're pro-competition, pro-consumer and pro-innovation, well, in the final analysis, uh, we'll move the dial. We'll move the industry forward, which is what I'm here for.
0: That's great to hear. Let's go to the bin of confusion. Okay, so you put (laughs) Uh your hand in first. Let's see what I've got. Hmm. Why should consumers
2: trust fintechs that they've never heard of with their private data when they can't trust
1: Facebook? Well, that question was a, was the reason why we just done a recent survey on this. We asked over 2,000 people exactly that question. We said, will you trust fintechs? And uh, 23% of people said that they would trust uh, organisations they'd never heard of with their financial data if the if the uh, conditions attached to that were, were sound and sensible. And what was interesting is that 25%, and bearing in mind this is... Uh, From a sample of people who don't really know what this is about, because GDPR isn't even in yet, uh, what these these particular people were amongst the most wealthy uh, and amongst the youngest people in our survey. So young people who are embracing, I guess, they're embracing it because they go, well, you know what? Uh, Half of them, in fact, fifty three percent of the survey said that they were dissatisfied with their current bank account providers.
0: That's interesting. You got half of the people.
1: Half of the people unhappy, and then, well, would you trust this new fintech with my with my data? Yeah, I would, providing the protections were in place. That's where um, we're going to see a whole shift of of change, sea of change coming through, is with people like that trialing out new things um, and 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 discovering that actually they can get more convenience, more value at zero cost in real time um, to help support their lives. So the youth that got robbed of the Brexit vote are the
2: ones voting with their feet that they would be happy and to move victims. away
0: from the banks, move yeah. away from the yeah. establishment, yeah. and that, yeah. that that's pretty cool. Let let me let me delve into the uh, to the bin, see what else we can pull up for Tony. Aha, uh-huh. okay. I wonder whether he's going to be able to do this. Explain open banking in ten seconds. Go. Banks will be... That's ten seconds gone already, (laughs) Tone. Let's start again. (laughs) We will time you. Take your mind.
1: Open banking in ten seconds. This is the problem with this industry, is nothing is straightforward. The thing that gets me is we use terms like open banking to mean something. And what it means to you, Robert, and what it means to you, Suresh, and what it means to me is different. If I describe it in 10 seconds, it'll be different to the way in which you do. And then we'll assume we're talking about something about which we understand this, what it's about, and it won't be. And and nobody ever calls foul. Nobody ever calls the emperor wearing no clothes. Nobody, Except Suresh, of course, <laughs> who always wears who always no wears clothes no for these clothes. podcasts. Uh, so, certainly not to be shown up by you or me. Um, and, and so that's one of the things that really get me is, is we, we're not open about what we do and don't understand and instead we, we either hide behind jargon hide behind job titles or hide behind um uh, positions of power because we may be a buyer rather than a seller
0: let's test you out jeff see what they can you ask the question what, what is open banking and see if they answer you the man on the street
1: it could be a woman
0: so jack do you know the phrase open banking? Not exactly, no. Mainly because I think my my local bank actually closed down, so I have to go very far to get to the to the next branch.
1: Right. It needs just anyone that's open is good. Yeah. And Alice, what do you think?
2: I'm mm, um, no, I've um I've heard about open banking, but I'm not quite sure what it is.
0: Uh, I'm Dilshad Bux, and um, I'm the security guard here. Have you heard of the phrase open banking? Yes, yes.
1: It's internet banking, probably. And it's open 24-7, on the only on the internet. I use uh, ATM system, you know, the
0: 24-7 from the cash in the wall machine. And um, I think most people can use that. It's not that big deal.
1: Right, can I just ask you to tell us your name? Uh, Pete.
0: Okay. Open banking, have you ever heard that phrase before?
1: I've not heard the phrase, no. Comes to mind something like um, being being honest with interest rates or something, which is probably highly unlikely. So open banking, I would think would be, <laughs> I, I don't, I hazard a guess, is 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 banking that is now that's, I don't know, <laughs> you know.
0: The man on the street.
1: It could be a woman.
2: How much of a threat is open banking to consumers' private data? So you're back on your private data again?
0: I, at the moment, it seems like everyone's but got But I, a... I think if we go back and to Tony's point about what open bank, I think open banking in that particular aspect is talking about the fact that third parties can go in and access bank accounts under PSD2. So they've got direct access to banking systems. Uh, that, that question is specifically on that part of open banking. That's Does true. the fact that third parties can come in and access your bank account threaten the private data of the individual? Tony?
1: So the, the point is that open banking hits people on all sorts of different levels. It's not just PSD2, or which uh, there are many, many layers within that. So within PSD2, actually, a lot of the driver's behind that around reducing fraud, particularly around online payments. So so what we'll find is that um, organisations will have to put an extra obstacle in place that'll make it clunkier for people to buy stuff online. Um, and how that's going to impact on how people actually spend money and how they use uh, e-commerce or mobile banking or sorry mobile payment uh, or in-store payment is, is yet to be determined but I, I think there's a big uncertainty out there that we, we, we've got to try and navigate and manage our way
0: through. And, and there is another follow-on from that is, is, is should high street banks what should they be doing uh, to prepare for open banking?
1: So I think okay, so there's there's a um one of the things we, we, we did we discovered in our survey is how few people knew what open banking was. In fact more people knew what GDPR was than open banking. Um Really? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um is that true? Is that true guys? I can't remember.
0: Let's go back to the Clapham omnibus guy. Can Jeff, you... do they know GDPR? The man on the street.
1: It could be a woman. Peter, Pe- 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 does the phrase
2: GDPR mean anything to you? I think, is it a railway network? What?
0: Could it be a railway network? I'm not it sure. It Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. It could be. Is something to do with the economy? Uh, is that something with sexual preferences or something like that? That sort of, is that right? The man on the street.
1: It could be a woman. So um, so there's a whole range of things that are going to happen under PSD 2 Open banking is only part of it. And what you can't do is go out and pull full-page ads in the newspapers and say this is open banking. Because nobody cares a uh, hoot. Nobody cares what open banking is. Really, they don't. What they care about is, are you going to make it easier for me to spend my money? Are you going to make it more secure for me to deal with new customers? Are you going to make it simpler for me to uh, get an understanding of, of how, where my money is going and, and, and easier to, to save and put money into different pots? That's the sort of thing that people want. That's the stuff that makes a difference. So I believe that open banking and psd 2 and GDPR will only become real to the clap, the man on the on Omnibus when fintechs take new products and services out to market and sell them in. It's only by experiencing new stuff that people really learn from it. Until that happens, no amount of full-page ads in the Financial Times is going to make a heap of the difference. Thank you
2: very much. That's a great answer, Tony. That sounds like the type of question and the answer that I would expect from you, Tony. So I want to ask you a question because you are always the ultimate diplomat. I want you to tell us something that infuriates you about the payment space. Payment space, payment people, companies, whatever. And you know, bearing in mind audience that we're doing this midday, he hasn't had a lot to drink, but we're hoping that we can actually pick his brain to get an answer.
1: So this this won't make me very popular. I I am very very angry with organisations that raise money on a promise of a long term return, where the next chunk of money that they spend comes from investors rather than customers. In other words, these are organisations that use. Uh, capital to fund their uh, their their everyday expenses rather than customer revenues. I think small fintechs need to focus on getting profitable and getting profitable fast, bef- rather than simply raising the next chunk of investment.
0: That's very controversial, because there are a lot of businesses out there that are going through Series A, Series B, Series C, and still not profitable. Yeah, well, I'll
1: give, I'll give you a couple of examples. So so W2, for example, W2 Global, really well-structured business, really sound <coughs> fundraising schedule. They've just, they're just pre-Series A now, but they've just closed an investment round. They've doubled their revenues in the last year, and they've double, doubled their revenues in the year before that. That's a smart business, well-run, tightly funded. So the
0: capital is for... Growth not, growth, not Absolutely. for day to day business. Absolutely.
1: And I'm, I've got investments in, in half a dozen companies. And one of the criteria I use is does <coughs> the chief executive focus on getting increased, not just increased revenue, but increased profitable revenue? Got you. And uh, money that is uh, not like a power technologies. Do you remember that? POWA, I mean, yeah. Where they were, uh, invested $200 million of money um, uh, and almost. Uh, and, and hardly generated any revenue at all. And we've got to avoid this fintech space being associated with that sort of uh, connotation at all costs.
0: And the thing is, we are seeing a lot more of that type of uh, vapor products now because of the new way of fundraising, because of these whole Mm. series of ICOs, the initial coin offerings or ITO, initial token offerings that are coming out of the quasi-crypto space and i i think you're right there there have been a few failures already and there's a lot of question marks over some of the vast amounts of money that have been raised on these uh token sales so i i can see where you're coming from on that and i as i say i don't think it's just in the fintech space i think it's in this whole token space which is in in parallel uh where they're raising funds for technology not not necessarily fintech uh and i think it it is an emperor's new clothes thing again.
2: I was saying I'm I'm very glad with your response because for a second there I thought you were talking about the ICO that I set up yesterday. <laughs> Shh. And oh, the
1: one I subscribed to that's just gone gone under. Oh dear. No, not yet, not yet. I need Shh. to get more
0: money. Not yet. He in. needs um, he needs more money in so first. So I'm glad
1: it was about
2: those and you gave examples and it wasn't about my ICO yeah. that I set up yesterday. Uh,
1: okay, so here we go. ICO controversial comment. We've got to be really really careful because there are. Too many examples. What is an ICO? I don't know. Well, I, 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 think, I, think I think you sorry, see in, that. An initial coin offering. No, I think
0: you've put an extra I in the second word. An o- initial coin. Con offering.
1: Initial con offering, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And this, well, you know what? It, um, there's there's uh, several I, hundred You of guys them. are
0: knocking it. I've just started mine yesterday. <laughs> anyway, if you want to invest, Suresh has got a new ICO on the market. It is investinmeimwonderful.com. <laughs> You help won my me, shirt.
2: Help me! I need to buy a shirt.
0: Exactly, he's <laughs> never going to compete with you and me. Though Tony, yeah. is he
2: no, not a chance, not a chance. Do you buy your shirt from the same place as Robert buys his shirt? You know,
1: I, I will. I will go back to the time Robert bought me my first crazy shirt. It was in. Um, Oh, I don't know, some European city somewhere. Uh, (laughs) uh, And and he took me into the shop and he said, hey, why don't you buy one of these shirts? I said, I could never, ever get away with wearing a shirt like you, Robert. He said, why don't you try it anyway? So I had one and and a couple of people said, that, well, that's a bit of style. And so ever since then, I've been copying Robert. Five years on. I
2: just want to say the shop he took you to, For your shirt fitting, it's not normal for the tailor to touch your crotch. (laughs) (laughs) That's a long,
0: long tail on the shirt. (laughs) Always the way. I've
2: known Tony for so long that when I first met him, he wore a white shirt. That is true. There was a time. Never again.
1: Uh, Uh, Good. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Tony.
2: No, actually, I think we should ask another question.
0: Okay, one more.
2: He seems like he's up for for a, a
1: hitting.
0: I think he is. Project Regulator.
1: Project regulation. Could you have
0: come up with a worse title for a group?
1: What, a bun- bunch of lawyers getting together talking about regulation? Yeah. I um, think
0: Robert's just upset that he's not in that project. I am. Are I you? just don't turn up.
2: Enough. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Quite right. So, what. Uh, so, what, the question I
2: have for you is why should I join the EPA? You know, people say to me, is it just a big piss up? I want to hear your views. Yeah, it's a
1: really good, it's a really good question. For some people, it's a really good piss up, and that's part of the, part of what we provide. But the point is, you, what well, I genuinely believe, you can't leave the future to chance. So what we do is we help to make, first of all, we help to create a better future for our industry and for the players within it. We also help to create a better future for the individuals who work for the companies in our member organizations and for those member organizations. We do that by reducing the cycle time at which it takes you to grow your business by developing new products better, by selling new services in <coughs> faster, and by finding new partners more efficiently. And really that's what we do. We help them make a difference at the individual level, at the business level, um, at the industry level. And then if we do all this right, I'll tell you what, we'll look back in 10 years in time and say, you know what, we really helped through our collaboration to improve lives everywhere. So there's a whole angle of deeper meaning behind what we do, which is not just helping people make more money or, uh, or sell more or develop better. It's about coordinating our activities so that through the incredible innovation, the incredible uh, reputation of the UK uh, paytech and fintech community that we've got, we can actually spread our influence globally and improve lives everywhere.
2: And what's your proudest moment at the EPA in all the terms that you've had, including the earlier iterations of the name? What's your
1: proudest moment? It was seeing Mark Carney at the Bank of England announce that he was going to open up settlement accounts to non-banks because we'd been lobbying and, and communicating hard to achieve that shift uh, for, for three years. And out of the blue, he announced it was going to happen. That was my proudest moment.
0: Great way to finish, Tony. Good. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Tony.